Welcome to Bold Conscious Connections. My name is Raju Panjwani and I'm a certified leadership coach. And I'm Trisha Ramos, a certified high performance coach. Together, we help business leaders redefine success on their terms to create more space and energy so that they live impactful lives. Everyone wants to be seen, heard and understood. So at a deeper level, we know that the collective consciousness is important to raise in this world and leaders who are influencers can make that difference. We in our coaching programs teach people how to focus on the interconnectedness, heart-centeredness and growth from within. And this is what this podcast will be about. So stay tuned and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Talk to you very soon. This was such an unusual conversation we had with Alex Schlank. You know, he is such an amazing character, uh, someone who migrated to this country when he was a young boy. And, you know, he says in the very beginning of our conversation with him, people are like fingerprints. No two people are alike. And yet we're all connected. It's amazing the depth this man has and understanding that he has about life. So Alex, born in Germany, moved to the U.S. very young and began his entrepreneurship journey at the age of 13. Uh, so he, he didn't just fall into it by accident. Uh, clearly, he was surrounded by people who were his family, who were all stylists, hairstylists, and he calls himself an artist. This conversation truly was intriguing and certainly super different than most others we've had. So I don't want to give it all away. There are so many nuggets in this conversation I had with him in his uh, pursuit of wisdom as a youngster when he was reading a horoscope. Uh, he didn't even know what it meant. Uh, he was like 10 years old. So seems like he's always been inspiration seeking. And he talks about, you know, out of box thinking as the way to be different given that he was bullied most of his you know, young age because he was the only guy interested in styling hair while there were 199 girls who were you know, in the class and he had to stand out. So without me giving too much away, why don't we listen to this conversation with Alex Schlanger? Well, we're so delighted to welcome here in our studio today, Alex Schlanger. Alex and I met almost, what, about six or seven weeks ago, and he's my next-door neighbor, has a lovely wife and a 16-year-old, and it's like falling in love at first sight. Uh, amazing, amazing, deep person, deep man, great family, and, you know, Alex, I want to welcome you to the studio today and, and conversations about being bold and conscious. So welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me today. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate it. These are some of my favorite conversations to have um, because they're so meaningful and uh, they have impact on people's lives. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, it's it's a pleasure. And uh, since I've gotten to know you so well over these, over these few weeks, I just thought that it would be important for our listeners to have some context, you know, about you know, who you are, and of course, they've heard heard in the intro who you are, but, but give them a little more context as to, you know, what it is that has made you so deep and, and why we have these amazing conversations. And, and I just love for, for uh, our audience to hear about you and, you know, what it is that's driven you to who you are. 
All right. Well, you know, I've always found people to be fascinating. You know, um, I have so many things that I've made up as far as in my conversations that I say, like people are like fingerprints. There are no two that are exactly the same. So that in itself is, I find absolutely amazing. Yet we have that uh, commonality of being from, you know, Earth and being on one planet. And uh, I just find it absolutely fascinating how different everyone looks and, and speaks. And, you know, it's utterly like mind blowing and, and fascinating. So um, one, one of the uh, things I know, it's a little off topic, but one of the things that I've never forgotten, I was probably in my early teens and I picked up a book and uh, it said something about wisdom. And I think it was my horoscope on the Sagittarius and in the book, it said, you know, very wise and wisdom seeking and all that. And, and somehow that really touched me and I had no really idea what wisdom even was or, you know, but uh, I never thought that I would be seeking it out my whole life. And I'm so grateful that I read that line and uh, you know, I owe it a lot. I don't even know what the book was because it, you know, it's just one of those things that children do. You see a book and you're like, Oh, what's this? Oh, that's my horoscope, you know? And uh, yeah, I read that and I've been on the pursuit of wisdom and didn't even know what it was. And uh, still to this day, I just love, you know, inspirational things and things that make you think. And, uh, you know, especially thinking out of the box, I think is very important. And, you know, try to walk your own line and then share the experiences that you've had. Well, that's amazing. It's certainly not off the topic because somewhere along the way you were meant to to read this horoscope and the word wisdom and the pursuit of it i mean that's this conversation it's really it's really that's what this is about so appreciate you saying that so so okay so you started your career at 13 uh what what got you gravitate towards this career of styling and artistry around hair and looks I mean, that's a very early age to have that kind of insight. Yeah, you know, I've always been an artist. Um, I like to paint and draw. Um, I look at the world probably different than most people. You know, um, a very much a visual person. And I'm originally from Germany, and uh, we uh, moved to the States when I was a really young child. Everyone in my family has done hair, from my great-grandparents to my grandparents, my, my mom, dad, aunts, uncles, cousin. So I really grew up in that business. And in Europe, a lot of times, maybe not so much anymore, but back in the time, you just did what your parents did. You know, you followed their, their footsteps and their occupations. And I, I had a, a really big respect for, you know, both my grandparents, and uh, they were just great people. And they made they made it so much fun, and and it just looked amazing, and and you could see how it changed the people after they were done, and they were smiling and happy, and you know the whole occupation is just filled with people, you know, loving their hair, and it's impactful, and they could come in in a bad mood, and they leave in a great mood, and you know that really resonated with me, and so when I was thirteen, my dad 
said, okay, Alex, it's, it's time, you know, go get your scissors, get a comb, and I'm going to start teaching you, you know, how to do hair. So uh, in the state, we, we moved to Texas and in the state of Texas, you have to be 15 to start beauty school. So I started beauty college when I was 15 while I was still in high school. Um, there were roughly 200 children. So we had classroom one, classroom two. So classroom one was the new people starting. Classroom number two were people that have already had a year under their belt because it's a two-year course. And uh, I was the only guy in cosmetology. So uh, I had literally... 199 girls in my class and I was the only guy. And, you know, there were definitely some, <laughs> some strange things because uh, the school that I went to was a vocational education campus and they had air conditioning, uh, auto trade, they had metal shop and it was all geared towards boys and, and young men. And I was in the classroom with all the girls. There was no men's restroom at the time. And we had to wear uniforms in, in beauty college. And it was like a, a white, all white lab coat, white pants, white shoes. So, you know, you kind of look ridiculous as a guy. And then uh, if I had to use the restroom, I had to walk across the whole campus to go to auto mechanics to use the guy's restroom. So you can imagine, you know, the teasing and all that stuff. Um, that was probably the worst part. And I had two years of that. So, but, uh, at the same time, I loved every minute of it. You know, it, it was, it was a great experience. I had a wonderful teacher and, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it was crazy. Well, that's amazing. Uh, so, so, uh, I guess that leads, leads me to the, our first very basic question, you know, Everything we do is bold, conscious something in our in our work, Trisha, and my work. And this particular podcast is called Bold Conscious Connections. Uh, the idea of the the podcast is to bring people like yourselves to kind of illuminate a bit about what in your life has caused you to be more bold. So, starting at that, you know, with the story you just relayed, and now. 40 plus years since that career, almost 40 years. Uh, what, what is it for you to be bold? Because you clearly are, that's why you're here. And, and, and why is it important in your work today? Well, you know, I've always been a little bit of a joker. You know, I love, I love to, you know, have fun and I'm a very playful spirit. You know, even when I was in beauty school, you know, we had to roll perms and we had these mannequin heads. And the way the stations were set up was uh, one person was on one side, another person was on the other side. And I would roll the perm and then I would pass the head around to the other side of uh, the mirror. So the teacher was basically grading the same head, you know, and and, you know, it was one of the things, I guess, how I coped with being the only guy. So I was, you know, trying to survive through comedy. And, you know, it, it got me pretty far and it's just carried with me even to adulthood. So, um, after I got my license, when I was 16, 16 and a half, I started working for a company. And now my father owned salon 
you know, he, he had salons as well, but I just didn't want to work for my dad because, you know, he just didn't pay me what I really need to be paid in order <laughs> you know, to, to live out there, you know? So I worked for this company in Houston and it was an Inc 500 company and they had roughly hmm. 600 employees. It uh, was a great launch pad for me. And it, it was the, the company that really brought in a lot of um, motivational speakers. And, you know, at 17, I didn't even know what that was. I had no clue what a motivational speaker was, nevertheless, motivation. You know, I've always considered myself, you know, self-motivated, but uh, it's really amazing when you hear someone speak for the first time that you completely understand what they're saying, you know, and I just absorbed all the information mm -hmm. as much as I could. We had weekly meetings and uh, the owner would come in and, you know, have a old cassette recorder and would play some famous motivational speaker. And, you know, people would say, you know, he, he would say, does anyone know who this is? And then I would say something, you know, like off the wall crazy and everyone would laugh. And of course he didn't find it funny. So um, you gotta, you gotta learn when you can use humor and when you can't, but uh, that really was the start of uh, a whole new direction for me was these motivational speakers. So um, I looked for books and tapes and never thought that I would actually become friends with some of these motivational speakers through my journey and my career and, and life. It's amazing. Hmm. So are you able to mention a couple of examples of those that you encountered in life and, and, and what, I guess that's what you're saying made you bold, right? To be out there and, you know, keep yeah, doing you know, what you're doing with full, full gut. Well, you know, it, you have to be bold when you have 199 girls and you're the only guy, right? The counselors try to wow. talk me out of taking the class because I was taking the spot away from a female, you know, and they said, it's not really geared towards guys. And since I was the only guy, you know, I'm like, no, I really want to do this. It's, you know, it's part of my family. So I think that's really where it started that I had to stand up for myself you know, even in high school, that this is what I want to pursue. And then two years of the bullying, um, it, it, it makes you tough, you know, and, and you, you think like, instead of me being upset or um, taking offense to it, I went a little deeper thinking, what is the cause of this? Why are they doing this? What, what's really behind it? You know, and it's a little deeper, even at a young age. So, you know, I've always been an observer and I try to observe and, you know, my environment and maybe that's part of the, the art, the, the artisan that, that I am. Um, the, as far as motivational stuff, you know, there's little tidbits of information that, you know, there could be maybe 10 things and, and one paragraph but you might only get one because it mm. pertains where you are in life. Even though all 10 are great, you kind of pick and choose what works for you and what propels you forward and keeps you on track and, and makes you happy. 
you know, and then later in life, all of a sudden, you know, another one pops up. Oh gosh, I remember that, you know, and you completely forgot about it or, you know, didn't feel like you needed it, but you realize how much Hmm. you really did later, you know? So it's, it's those things that make you bold. You know, um, I was always a good student. I was in the top of my class. I was exempt from taking finals. I never missed a day of school. So I, I never was sick or absent, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, I think being bold sometimes is a path that people kind of fall into sometimes without even knowing it. And if you want to get from point A to point B, it, you got to be bold. You got to have some boldness. Yep. So I was saying that it's always the depth of experiences that teaches you about life. It's mostly the experiences that teach. Uh, so it sounds like you had very early on these these amazing encounters that could be could shake people up or shake you up, but but somehow you plow through that to to keep going in life. So you know it, it's and you you work for another company and then you turned an entrepreneur. Tell 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 us about that the decision point, the turning point that. You know, you already left your dad because you didn't want to, he wasn't paying you enough. So you clearly right. somewhere you're an entrepreneur at heart. You're a young guy, 17 at the time. Uh, what what was that shift from, okay, you know that you worked for this, didn't want to work for your dad, went to work for a company, and then, you know, you started your, your own business. At what age was that? I was 22. 22. Yes. I opened my first salon at 22 in Houston, Texas. Um, what led me to that or what gave me the insight to do it was the fact that this Inc. 500 company that I was working for um, in a very short period of time, within less less than a year, I was the most requested hairstylist. Um, I was an educator for the company. We launched products. We tested products and launched products. And we did the first American hair show in London. So there was an artistic team that you had to try out for. And out of the hundreds of people that tried out, only six people were able to make the team. And the judges had no idea who was doing the work. And you could only be on the team for one year. I made it six years in a row. So I was doing international hair shows for for six years and became a permanent member of that artistic team because I've made it so many times in a row. So between the management classes, um, we did public speaking. So I did public speaking classes, classes on fear. And, you know, all those things that it really takes to be prepared at a young age to open a business. So a lot of the fears that I had, you know, or or that most people would have opening a business, I just didn't have. And uh, I had a lot of confidence in my work, not actually owning a salon, but in in my work. And, you know, that made it a little easier for me. So for me, it was uh, time, you know, as you know, sometimes you don't know when a good time is, 
but I just knew that it was time for me to, you know, advance myself professionally and go to the next level and own my own salon. So um, we did that. And through the years, I owned it for 15 years. I won um, an outstanding business achievement from the uh, Houston Commerce. And, you know, I had uh, hmm. won some awards. I've won a lot of awards. Then uh, my school... <clears throat> excuse me, my school where I went to cosmetology um, at the vocational education had me as a guest speaker and uh, it was for a teachers in service. There were thousands of teachers in the Coliseum and I was the guest speaker. So it, it was really amazing that I was able to speak to all the teachers that taught me through my, my childhood. And uh, my opening line was, you know, thank you teachers so much. And I saw all my teachers that taught me through elementary to high school. And I said, you have no idea how long I waited for this moment where you had to sit down and listen to me. And of course, all the teachers loved it and clapped and laughed. And, you know, that's, that's how I started it. But uh, back to uh, the, the salon and owning the salon was, um, well, it, it was time and I knew it. Mm. it was well, you know, what I find fascinating, Alex, is that you, you did not stop. I mean, there were, I, as you were saying, I, I remember me being at 18 and 20 and 22 and, and fairly fearful about, forget about starting a business, but about just being afraid of my bosses or what they would think or judge me to be doing. I mean, and, and then people work way into their 40s and 50s in corporate jobs and, you know, as, as I do too. And, you know, it's, it's, it actually instills some fear because you know exactly what you're comfortable doing. But then we also know that all growth comes from discomfort and doing something uncomfortable. Uh, but it, it seems to me that either you had a, you know, easy ride and you just didn't even know what to be afraid of. Uh, maybe maybe I'm misunderstanding. I'm sure that's not the case. But the, you, did you have any fears and concerns at any point between this between the ages of 16, 15, and 22? I'm sh I'm sure you did. Oh, you know, the list is too long to even mention. You know, as a human being, it's part of life, mm -hmm. right? You have all kinds of crazy things <laughs> that that happen. Um, you know. I was a cheerleader in high school as well. So that didn't uh, fare very well as well. Cause now I'm in an industry that's driven by women. And, and then I was a, a high school cheerleader. So even when I left the vocational education, mm -hmm. which was off campus, now I go back to my home campus school and I was bullied through the whole thing. You know, people always thought I was gay. Um, they really gave me a really hard time and, there were plenty of times where it was extremely depressing and hard. And, you know, kids always wanted to fight me. Uh, that was the, the other thing, you know, mm. was constant bullying and, and, you know, they were afraid of me. And I guess because I was different and I had some great friends that uh, mm. owned a um, martial arts studio. So I started taking martial arts and, you know, mm. I ended up getting a tattoo of a dragon on my arm while I was 15 years old. And that was kind of a safety net for me 
You know, I, I felt like I had to do some things in order for my own protection. And, you know, back then tattoos weren't really in style. And uh, of course it freaked everybody mm. out. So now, now I was even more misunderstood. Like, oh my God, this, this kid's 15 and has a tattoo, you know, where, where is he from? And, you know, thank God my, my dad was cool about it because, you know, my dad asked me, what do you want for your 15th birthday? And I said, a tattoo. And he started laughing. He goes, okay. So he took me to the tattoo shop thinking that I would change my mind. And uh, all of a sudden the machine starts and my dad starts screaming, what are you doing? You know? And I'm like, I'm getting a tattoo, you know? So of course we both got in trouble when we got home and my mom saw it. So, uh, but for me, it, it really was about uh, putting a shield up, protection, and uh, having people afraid of me, you know, for my own safety, basically. Mm. I did gymnastics as a cheerleader. Yes. I could do flips, and uh, I could strike a pose, you know, martial art pose. So, you know, it's probably what saved me and got me through, you know, all the, the fun making, because people were terrified of me. So, uh, you know, and, oh and I did God. go on to get my black belt. Yeah. So, you know, and, <laughs> and I did the same for my son. So I made sure that at three and a half, my son started Taekwondo and he got his black belt as well. So, you know, it's always a good discipline to have you know, to, you know, defend yourself. I've never had. Oh, I better be afraid that. now. I no, better be afraid no. of the two of you now. <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm almost 60 and I've never hit a human being. I've never been in a fight in my life. I was saying that uh, I was going to ask you later on what what was what would you consider either one big obstacle or maybe a couple of obstacles in your life we all have them that you overcame and then what did you learn from it so is is that one of them that you that you mentioned or is there because I, I was going to ask you that later on but but go ahead well yeah you know that the the peer pressure of how you're perceived is a huge one for sure. Hmm. Um, that you don't fit in the group, right? So I never felt like I fit in. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that hmm. initial feeling when they go through life, even as an adult, because, you know, we only grow on the outside. We, we, we still stay children on the inside. And if you think that you're an adult and hmm. you've grown up, you're highly mistaken. You'll always have that child side inside you. Um, so even adults can feel like they don't belong. And it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, it's, it's a hard obstacle to get over because there's so many conversations that you have with yourself that, you own, that no one can hear. Only you can hear. And you have to be careful with those conversations because uh, that will stop you from having an amazing life. That's so powerful for those of uh, you listening to this. Uh, I hope you're taking note because, you know, everyone has a different journey and you, Alex, are highlighting yours and it's got to be hard as a, as a youngster to go through uh, what you, what you went through. And we all go through different things in life, but it, it's, it's the learnings from what, whatever uh, that taught you to continue to, plow so it's pretty powerful to hear that and and so tied to that is the other question alex would you would you be able to just highlight perhaps maybe one or two of your greatest leadership lessons because clearly you are a leader and 
you know, you, you people s- sort of gravitate to you because, you know, you stand out, uh, you know, good or bad are judgments that people make. But leaving that aside, you, you've stood out throughout your life. Is what lessons might you be able to, uh, which you can share with others that you've learned that maybe will hold them in good stead? Um, for me, it's about caring, you know, not just caring about other people, but caring about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's important that you have a good relationship with yourself, because if you feel that no one's having a good relationship with you, the most important relationship, relationship you can have is with yourself. Care about yourself. Don't worry about what other people say. You know, I made a commitment with myself that I would get up early and I've been getting up early every single day of my life without an alarm clock. Um, Even when I went to school, my parents would always go, Alex, why are you going to bed so early? I would tell them I have a big day tomorrow. And they would just like laugh going, you know, what's wrong with our kid? You know, Um, I didn't like to get in trouble. I was kind of a rule follower, believe it or not. I know I sound like a rebel, but I'm really not. I like to do the right thing. Superman has always been my hmm. my favorite superhero because he believes in truth and justice. So I kind of followed that. So he was my first motivational, <laughs> you know, which is really funny, Superman. Um, but it's I've always had a great relationship with myself, and I would tell myself great things. As horrible as the world would say things to me, even my own parents. Um, I would just listen to myself. You know, I I always wanted to pursue art and my dad and everybody said, you're not good enough. And to this day, I still pursue the art. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you don't want other people to squash your dreams and your fantasies and even the things that you like, whether you're good or not is irrelevant. It's the fact that you enjoy doing it. And I think it's important that... You start looking at yourself that, you know, I I heard someone say, in fact, um, gosh, who was it? I can't even remember who it was, but I like the fact that, you know, he said this, he goes, I'm going to stop dating because it's not working out and I'm going to start dating myself and I'm going to see what's going on. And I absolutely love that because, (laughs) you know, when, when you think of dating yourself, You have to treat yourself like you would want to be treated if you're going on a date. And, you know, you're going to be good to yourself that way, you know. So it's it's just one of those things, you know, that uh, I absolutely loved. I thought it was great. Well, it's fascinating because I've, I've had the firsthand experience of reciting after you, you know, I am fill in the blank for, you know, without you know, you're, you're amazing. You're this, you're that. And those I am words are so powerful. So if we put ourselves down, um, then you're not taking care of yourself. So that's super powerful. And that's, that's been a great learning for me just in these last few weeks that I've gotten to know you and I know you practice what what you preach. So it's, it's fantastic really to, to see that, you know, and and this is, this is another quote from somebody, right? If you're not going to be your best friend, then who is going to be your best friend? Um, you know, so it yeah. is about it's about these uh, practices for yourself. So, so that brings me to a question that I was going to ask you earlier, but but just as as a perfect segue, you know, we say we're we're, we're bold and conscious leaders. That's our programs typically. 
so we talked about being bold. Now let's talk about conscious. So you touched on a little bit about what are your practices day to day to be more conscious, which is okay. awakened, well, self-aware, mindful. All yeah. Well, you know, just like uh, an attractive person or a, a beautiful bouquet of flowers or the aroma of something nice or beautiful music, right? And that's what you really want to attract to your life as well is, is these amazing, beautiful things that, that we take for granted or that we don't look anymore. Like the old saying, you know, stop to smell the roses. You want to be conscious about that. You mm-hmm. really want to make sure that you're not just making coffee because it's a routine. You want to enjoy the experience of making that coffee and smelling it and feeling it with your hands and then tasting it and, you know, thinking to yourself, you know, the pleasure of it, you know, um, and even the mm-hmm. drive work. I, I'm lucky enough that I'm not on a freeway that I get to drive through a beautiful neighborhood, um, the trees, the sky, you know, it's just amazing. And you want to be conscious of that, you know, be a little more awake to your surroundings. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know how else to say it, but uh, wake up. <laughs> you know, I always say the mass majority mm. <laughs> of people are sleepwalking. They're asleep. You know, they don't want to get up. Um, they hit their alarm clock, the snooze. They wake up cussing. And uh, you really don't want to start your day that way. You want to be conscious of how you're waking up and how you want to start your day and who you want to be that day. You know, there, there were people always make fun of how I dress sometimes. And uh, I'm even conscious about what I'm wearing because I don't always think of like, well, what am I going to wear today? Because most people go in their closets and they go, I, I have nothing to wear. What am I going to wear? I don't know what to wear. And I just tell myself, who do I want to be that day? And then I pick the outfit according of who I want to be. So I make a conscious effort of who I want to be that day, you know, and you can be many things, you know, um, depending on mm. what clients you know, I might dress a certain way to present myself a certain way to be someone else, you know, and, and be playful with it. And mm. uh, it makes the day more enjoyable instead of being um, a circumstance of the day. But you be the, the circumstance mm. of the day. You know, you be what you want to be for the day instead of being a victim of the day. And that's fun. Beautiful. Yeah. That is fun. That's so awesome. And I've seen you in action. So so that's waking up early. You said you wake up no matter what at five or very early, whatever that is um, yeah. for you. And then you, you, you know, uh, examine this aspect of choosing the day or who you want to be during the day. Are there other practices? I mean, it sounds like that's a lot of determination, discipline that you have incorporated in your life. Are there other things well, that, that, that make you more aware and conscious? Well, you know, um, listening, I'm a really good listener. And I think that's probably just because of my occupation. Um, it, I find it very important to listen. Most people, you know, the old saying, you, you know, God gave you one mouth and two ears. But uh, more or less, people have lost the art of listening. Um, that's the, the other thing I think that uh, I love to do. Because there's so much information 
and great people, and they can give you insight um, as long as you're listening and you're open for it. Um, I think listening is probably more important than speaking because a lot of times people don't really have that great things to say. So for me, transformation is more about listening and being open to, to listening what other people have to say, not always what, you know, you're saying, if that makes sense. Yes. Awesome, man. I tell you, so, so that brings me to, at least we haven't talked talk much about your work on your day to day. So yeah. there is clearly that application of what you just described right into your work because you're, you're a hairstylist. And I want to add the other element of the question here is that you moved across the continent, I'm oh, sorry, the, all of the U.S. from west to east, having lived yes. in Houston for, you know, a, a decade or a decade like and a half, years. and then 25 yeah. years in San Diego, California. So it's, and, and you were sought after, uh, you were the, one of the top guys that, over there on the West Coast. And to make this move and continue what you're describing in connecting with people, what do you attribute your uniqueness and then being able to express it and manifest it every single time, no matter where, where you lived? It's a great lesson for me, but share with the listeners what it is that, how do you do that? That's amazing. Well, I think it's exactly for what, what point I made earlier is be careful what you tell yourself, right? Don't mm. um, make up any stories, you know, of how bad and how hard and how this and how that, you know, there, there is none of that. I, um, of course, I, I miss all my friends and my clients because I was in California for 25 years and had my salon there and I was booked a year in advance. I uh, stopped taking new clients like 17 years ago. I was uh, extremely busy. Mm -hmm. To leave that and go to another state, you can imagine the amount of stories that one would have in their head. For me, you know, I looked at it like this. I lived there for 25 years. That's a quarter of my life. I want to have a new experience. How do you ever gain wisdom if you can't explore and try something new? And California was going through a really tough time where, you know, we were closed for a year. Uh, people were scared. And I just didn't want to have any part of that, that narrative. So, um, you know, my, my wife and my, my son, we uh, moved to the East Coast. And uh, we were ready. Nothing against California. I had 25 amazing years there. You know, I, I love that state. It's, it's beautiful. But uh, that relationship with the state just wasn't working for me anymore. And uh, the timing was good. And these are some of the stories that I was, you know, telling myself that the relationship with California was not good. It was like being with a beautiful woman, except she was treating me bad. So it wasn't healthy anymore. Mm. And uh, I had a beautiful home, ocean view home. You know, I had the life that everybody wishes they had. And uh, you know what? I was ready to make a change and start something new and have a new adventure. Uh, again, playful, you know, make it fun. It doesn't have to be this miserable thing. And I had to start completely over, you know, with new clients, getting a job. You know, I don't even... I've never been to South Carolina in my life. It wasn't even on my bucket list. I, you know, and 
my wife did the research and she said, let's take a vacation. We came to South Carolina and I was blown away of how beautiful it was, the amazing people. And, you know, sometimes you can surprise yourself where you think that uh, no one's going to, you know, take you in with open arms. And this town and the state has taken us in with open arms. So uh, it's made it that much better. So again, I would say that be careful with the stories that you tell yourself. There are so many different perspectives that you could choose. What are you choosing? Are you choosing like, oh my gosh, poor me, this is dreadful. Or are you choosing, this is going to be the most amazing adventure and I'm going to learn so much from it and I can't wait to get started. And that's the narrative that that I chose. And I loved every every bit of it. Coming out here, meeting new people, just like Raju. I mean, it's it's awesome. You, you know, you'll never feel more alive. And it gets you out of that sleepwalk where every day is the same day. It's the same people. It's the same drive. It's the same, you know, that's where people start falling asleep because every day blends together and it becomes one big day. One year becomes one big day. It's the same thing. And when you make these moves, it's like a rebirth. You you know, you can reinvent yourself. You can see things you've never seen before, try new foods, see a new city. It's probably the the most you'll be alive. Oh my God, I've got goosebumps here, Alex, because you know, if if those listening, just thinking that, you know yesterday will is gone tomorrow will be a new day and then they do the same thing there is no hope for them to change the the narrative and change the past so the past equals the future and this is right here is a lesson you know trisha and i talk about you know be very clear about what it is you want to do and more importantly why is it that you want to do something and the the all the possibilities are in that moment today that if you want to make a change that's where the moment is for you to change your future. So it's it's so powerful to hear the story that, you know, people don't make the move. I don't mean people should just move to another state like you did, but it's whatever it is. Like here you are manifesting again in this town, being the top hairstylist, most sought after already within such a short period of time. So you can you can manifest, create whatever it is you want to create because you're not afraid of doing this work in Houston or in California or or here because you are carrying yourself with you. And that confidence is, is, is one end of it. The other is the discomfort of jumping into the darkness, not knowing where you're going and what you're going to experience. And I think you're speaking to the fact that if you look at it with wonder and curiosity, your life that's about to unfold, it's amazing that you can actually feel good, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing more empowering than taking that leap of faith and having a healthy conversation with yourself. And, and you know, that's where the most important thing that I think you could do is have a healthy conversation with yourself and not stop yourself by having unhealthy conversations. Because it's a lot easier to talk yourself out of something that you're not familiar with or uncomfortable with. Um, it's so easy. And that's where I think most people fall short is, uh, you know, having that negative 
talk back with themselves instead of the encouragement. You know, Alex, you can do this. You're great. You've done this before. You know what to do. You know, that those conversations are healthy instead of you don't know what's over there. You don't know the people. You've never driven that road before. Have you lost your mind? You know, your life is so comfortable. You got everything you, you know, you, you make so much money or what, whatever the conversation is. All those conversations yeah. will stop from, from growing. You get comfortable. That, that mm. stop. Absolutely. So, you know. Wow. You, you, so being comfortable is a good indication that you need to, you need to grow. Oh, for yeah. sure. You know, there, be comfortable maybe one day out of the week and then be uncomfortable the next, you know, the six days. And that's where the growth is, right? <laughs> that's the dimension of growth and development. Mm. Very important. Awesome. So you and I talked about dimensions. Can you touch on the dimensions that we that we talked about the other day? You know, one, well, you two, know, three D. I I know that I don't, I don't want to miss yeah. that. Well, you know, a lot of times people always ask me like, how is it that you can connect to so many people? Now, a lot of that, of course, is repetition and practice because I see people all day long, and that's what I do. I'm almost like a professional speaker and listener because you know when you <laughs> you know I I was doing nineteen people a day. And, uh, you know, with a great track record of making them happy. Um, people come, they share with you, you know, you touch them and the barriers drop. So they share with you probably more than most people would share with anyone because that's what you do with your stylus is you, you talk. And, you know, we all have different life experiences. And I, I have a unique way of connecting and talking to people so that they understand the complexity of some of the conversations that we have. So I always use this as an example, like when people say, well, what should I tell my kids? Cause you know, my kids aren't listening to me. And I tell them because you're coming from a place of where, you know, you have these different scales of experience and your experience is so high and they come from a low experience that they don't see and can't understand where you're coming from. So it's mm -hmm. like, the, the 1D, 2D, 3D, 4D, it's the same thing. So if you know how the dimensions work, first D is just a dot, right? Two-dimensional is a photograph. 3D is the world that we live in where it's three-dimensional. And then you got 4D and 5D, whatever else. Now we can't see that. And the rules are, if you're a 3D creature, you can't see beyond the 4D. But you can see 2D and 1D. If you're a fourth degree creature, you can see 3D, you know, and all the way down, but you can't see 5D. And I always say explaining things mm. works the same way. So if you want someone to understand where you're coming from, you have to go down to their level of understanding. And parents don't do that. Most people aren't really good at that. They just say, don't do it this because I done this and I know this. That doesn't really give them the information that they need to where they, you know, can correlate the information. You, you really do have to step down to where they are um, and not come from a place of experience, as odd as that sounds, because no one will ever understand where you're coming from if you can't go down to their level. That's so true, my God. Amazing insight. Thank you, Alex, for that. Um, you know, I, I was also reflecting that, you know, you can't, uh, I mean, people have lots of difficulties. For instance, 
I've spoken with entrepreneurs here in, in this area and they say, well, we, you don't understand. Uh, you know, there's no, in our brick and mortar business, for example, there's not enough help available. So, you know, what, what could, would you possibly help me with unless you can help me with recruiting people who will stay with me? I mean, what do people like that who are, who are, you know, in that, in this uh, environment and you can't these days ignore the unusual environment that we're living in. There's always uncertainty. So there, there is, but there is a great, great more of that, uh, you know, for these, for these business people. So what advice would you give someone who is a business owner or a leader like that and navigating these unusual circumstances of today? All right. Well, you know, a lot of times people come up with this negative stuff, right? Again, that that's more of a negative connotation. You, you have to understand, and, and I don't mean the yin and the yang and all that stuff, but there are two sides no matter which way you slice the bread. The, I think what young entrepreneurs do or even new entre- entrepreneurs do is they only look at the dark side. There's a good side to everything. So there, there is a positive, and that's what you need to, to find and search for. Uh, people are drawn to that. People are drawn to positive people. And uh, if you stay in that narrative that I can't find people or the timing's bad, well, that's exactly what's going to happen. There's an abundance of people that aren't working. There's an abundance of opportunity. There's abundance of money. And you have to think the positive not the negative, because it's the positive, again, that attracts that energy. And, uh, you know, people just love that. Um, I'd always say, you know, I was always very, very positive, And that's what attracts the clients to me. It's not necessarily always the talent, mm. but then it's, you know, a little bit of the talent, but mostly it's, it's the way I make them feel when they leave. And it's all positive. Beautiful. Right. So, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, positive thinking, all this stuff is great, but not real. The truth is you're you're coming with that mindset to a totally new place. And you, Alex, have shown to yourself and then the world sees it that you you still elevate yourself and ascend to the top no matter what, because you're bringing the essence of who you are uh, to wherever you go. And I think that's to me as I'm listening and I'm just saying, wow, that is a lesson to me. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with the positive thinking, because there's a lot of people that say, oh, the power of positive thinking or this or that, you know, it's all hocus pocus. Science is proving that it's real. So the scientists are coming and showing how it affects the human body and how it affects your brain and the neonets, you know, um, how, how many positive thoughts it takes to um, neutralize a negative thought. So the science is backing it. Mm. So you can be a naysayer all you want, but uh, I think just choosing a positive outlook always outweighs a negative one because that's where disease comes from because it's dis-ease. You're you're not easy, you know? There's so many things that back up that positive outlook. And always trying to find, like I said, that positive side. And uh, people just don't practice it. You know, and whatever you practice, you get really good at. Isn't that true of life, man? The more you practice what you focus on, you're going to get that, uh, positive or negative. Uh, So it works both ways. 
So, man, listen, I could go on here. We could talk forever. I know that. Um, I have one last question before I let you go. Okay. Uh, but before uh, before I ask you that question, where where can people reach you? I know you're not taking any new clients necessarily every time, but 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 you know, hey, um, you are in a brick and mortar business and you're of a service uh, business, and maybe we should talk about how you can expand, you know, beyond brick and mortar. I know you have ideas about that. So where can they reach you? I know a lot of stuff is in the show notes, by the way, but we just want to let let people know that you can be reached. Yeah. Well, I'm at Salon Karma. It's in Bluffton. It's a cute little town. It's awesome. I love it. Um, Kim's the owner. And I was uh, just blessed enough to get to meet her and work for the staff. They're very talented. It's a great salon. Um, the neighborhood couldn't be more quaint and wonderful. And like I said, the community has just taken me in like I've lived here forever. And um, yeah, I'd be happy to see anybody. If you want to, you know, call the salon, make an appointment, or you just want to connect, uh, feel free. I'm available for everybody. Okay. So I'll put in the, the Instagram and uh, whatever else you want to share with, 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 uh, with our listeners. Right. So, so before I let you go, and, and again, I just want to make sure that um, I go on record that Trisha and I, our podcast is, is very important to us because there is so much collective learning and wisdom that gets shared and we don't want to take anything for granted. Every minute we, 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 you know, spend with, with people who uplift you uh, and you learn a lot from each other. So learning never stops as we know, it's a co-creative process. Uh, not everyone knows everything. So I know, I also know that our audience doesn't take anything for granted. So we really appreciate you, you being here and being present with us. So in that vein and in that context, the last question I'm going to ask you is what might you have discovered about yourself in this conversation? I know you, this is your first podcast, you said, but hey, it seems like you're a pro, you're a speaker, you're motivating. So what might you have learned from, from this experience here today for the past 45 minutes? Well, I think that uh, the importance of sharing, you know, being able to openly share even, you know, the hard experiences that you have, you know, I, it's not something I like to talk about, you know, being picked on when I was younger, you know, the old bullying, but there were, you know, things have eased up a little bit, but, but people are people, you know, I always say technology changes, but people seem not to for some strange reason, but uh, I think sharing is, is very important and, you know, being comfortable talking about things, you know, I, I feel great you know being able to share that and you know i'm comfortable with it that's what i've learned i'm comfortable about sharing about the hard things that's amazing well thank you so much i know that you know it requires you to be vulnerable and share some of the deep dark things um and there's always more uh but that's where all the wisdom lies right that you have learned for yourself and your own growth and sharing that with others who might you know, who knows what people have gone through and are going through in life. And even a glimmer of, you know, this little a nugget maybe they picked up in this conversation could be so valuable to them. So, Alex, I appreciate, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being part of this Connections podcast. Thank you. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope your audience gets a lot out of it. Thank you. No doubt. Thanks so much. 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if so, make sure to subscribe, download, and share it with your sphere of influence. You know, we bring a variety of topics to you, and it's like a masterclass for those topics, and it's all free. So take a screenshot, share it on your social media, and add the hashtag BoldConsciousConnections so that we can find you, see you, maybe say hello. And if you want to deep dive into some of the topics that we bring to you, uh, find us at www.livemasterminds.com and get to know us. Take care.